Welcome aboard. This is Shannon Davis, and this is a live broadcast. Today, for the archives, is Thursday, September 8th, 2023, and welcome back. We've been having a great marathon today, and uh, our new schedule here in what I call Season 13 is Monday through Friday, beginning at uh, 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, until we finish. We're usually doing three or four shows a day, and um, I'm excited to have on some very special guests today. We're going to have a good time in the Lord and uh, and talk about uh, a subject that I love very much, and it is uh, Reverend A.A. A. Allen and A. Allen Revival's ministries, and we've got two that have that namesake here today. We've got uh, Brother Paul Allen. Brother Paul, we have you on board? We are right here. All right. And my friend? Glad Inter- to be back with you. It's good to be back with you, and uh, introduce our special uh, guest tonight, our co-host. Who do you have in well, the studio this, with you? This is my great niece. She is the grand, my oldest brother James, and her name is Rebecca Allen Jones. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on the program Thanks. with us. And uh, yes, thank you. Great granddaughter of Reverend A. A. Allen. Yes. What an honor that is. Um, I never, I never got to meet Brother Allen, but um, I have uh, become quite familiar, uh, blessed with seeing some of his miracles today TV programs over the years, and uh, what a great man of God he is. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him one day when Jesus returns, and. Uh, We've got some exciting things to talk about, um, and we'll get started. Brother Paul, would you like the uh, honor to open up the show tonight in prayer? Not at all. Lord, we come to you today, humble, asking for your help, guidance. We thank you for all your wonderful blessings and things that you've done for us through the years, and thank you for you're the one that gave us the pattern that you're our heavenly father we love you appreciate depend on you for every aspect of life in Jesus name amen I say amen Amen. to that oh and before I forget folks uh, just a few days ago we turned back on blog talk radio so I want to just uh, spread the word again if uh, you're not able to tune in uh, via MixLR or our IceCast server, or you don't have minutes on your data plan, you can listen by phone, uh, 515-602-9734. Just go to my website, omegamanradio.com, and I got it right up there. So I know some of you um, like that option, so I'm glad to be able to bring it back to you. Okay, well, we're going to jump right on in. Brother Paul and Rebecca, welcome, and we got a lot to talk about, and um, 
Brother Paul, the Omega Man people know you very well. It's been an honor to uh, do many programs with you and looking forward to doing more. Um, Sister Rebecca, for those that uh, have not heard you speak before, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Am I correct that um, you spent a number of years over in the UK? That's right, yes. Uh, My husband I have just moved to Arizona after just under 17 years as missionaries over in England. My husband was, uh, but we actually got sent out after we graduated from ministry school, California. That's where we met. And just a really powerful time of, you know, focusing in on more of him and God was doing and uh, got married and, and moved there and and served in a number of capacities throughout the country over that time period. And now we are here in Arizona because God put on our heart a few years ago an urgency to move to Arizona. Um, and we began the process of getting him a visa, which was released just at the appropriate time for us to come. So we are, we're now here and just really excited for all that God's doing. Well, praise the Lord. And I think I shared with you offline, uh, some of my kin people, and I say only some because really my family is like a Heinz 57. <laughs> um, uh, some of my people came from Wales, and uh, I've never had the honor to get over to the UK, uh, but I look forward to it one day. I just got to ask this question as we're going in this tonight. Uh, did you get you some of that good fish and chips over there? Um, absolutely, and I must say Arizona has a lot of wonderful things, but fish and chips are not one of them. <laughs> so we miss a good set of fish and chips. And um, you know, my husband he half Welsh, and uh, the 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 country of Wales is a really beautiful place that we love very much, as well as. Well, you know, it's also got one of my favorite all-time singers. Uh, some Omega Man listeners know this, but if you don't know it out there. My favorite singer, of course, is Engelbert Humperdinck. Just saying. He comes from Wells, so I just want to get that out there. Uh, but, uh, yes, uh, that's amazing. 17 years. Well, welcome back to America and um, and to Arizona. Now, um, you all have a amazing, uh, blessed heritage. A.A. Uh, a. Allen, God's man of faith and power. And... Uh, I think I had mentioned to you all that uh, I had first heard the name maybe about 20 years ago. I was living in Panama, overseas myself, and I was interested in the deliverance ministry, Brother Paul and Sister Rebecca, and I was just uh, on YouTube, in the early days of YouTube, looking around, and I, I typed in a deliverance or demons or exorcism, and um, I saw these old black and white films. Some of them were up at that time on YouTube, and uh a man of God named A.A. A. Allen uh, and a show called Miracles Today. And I want to tell you something. I watched uh, it just in awe. Uh, this man of God uh, preached the gospel with Mark 16 signs that follow. I mean, I'm talking about I, there's healings on there, deliverances, people getting saved. And I uh, I thought, man, i never heard of him before. Of course, I was younger at the time, and uh, I called my grandparents, though, who've been in the ministry a number of years, since the early 50s. I said, if anybody knows him, they would. And uh, called Granddad Weber one day, and he said, uh, I said, Granddad, do you know A.A. Allen? He said, well, son, I didn't know him personally, but 
Uh, certainly I know who A.A. Allen was. In fact, um, I got to go out to one of the big tent revivals that he was holding across the countries. And um, I think they went to see him down in Atlanta because they were from Georgia area. And uh, I said, man, that's history right there. And uh, I've learned a lot more since then, especially in the last couple of years. Um, had an opportunity yeah. to bring on Brother Paul, and we've learned a lot of about the history of the ministry. And um, you're right there where it all started. Uh, for those that may not know the story, um, Rebecca and Brother Paul, tell us a little bit about um, Miracle Valley, Arizona. And uh, that'll lead into why you're back and what God's put on your heart to do. Let me give the mic to you. Well, what is Miracle Valley? For those that don't know. Daddy was hoping. Daddy was holding a meeting in Phoenix, and kind of, I guess you'd say, a middle-aged young man came into the meeting, Line Decker, and he was hungry to do something for the Lord. He felt absolutely compelled by God to uh, make a donation to uh, Daddy's work. And so he decided that what he needed to do was take one section of his land and sell it and give that money to Daddy. They found a buyer. Somebody was ready to put the money. They went to the closing. And they were getting ready literally to sign the paperwork to transfer from him to this buyer that was buying the property and suddenly Urban lost his eyesight totally sitting there at the table and he said something's wrong this isn't how God wants this and so he left they did not close on the deal they did not sell that he went back to the meeting the next night God gave him his eyesight back and Daddy just in passing kind of mentioned that he had been praying for a place to uh, start a training center and uh, all the things that are involved in doing that. Yes. went up and said I will give you a section of land down in southern Arizona if you want it. The next morning Mom and Dad went down to uh, southern Arizona. The back of the property was three miles from the Mexican border. Wow. And looked at it and said, we want it. And it included his house, a hundred-year-old ranch house built out of big rocks. And they got that. They bought some more land from him and some from one of his brothers ended up with the 2,400 acres and immediately we started building Miracle Valley uh, I had just gotten out of the uh, freshman year of high school and at a boarding school in California and my mom said instead of going to Dallas get a ticket to Bisbee, Arizona gave me the number call when I got there and I think I was the fifth or sixth person 
on the property that we started at first it was nothing but just hard 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 labor uh, Don Stewart and I uh, built and, and poured concrete and finished that on the ramp to build the block plant so we could make our own to build the buildings out of amazing now brother Paul and, just to set uh, kind of the stage uh, what time frame are we talking about was this the uh, late 50s or, or early 60s when was this about that y'all went out there Nineteen fifty-eight. Amazing, and you it, know what? What a it strategic. Was the, mm. It was at the end of the school year for fifty-seven, fifty-eight, and the meeting. And I was, I was just going to say, can you kind of give them a scope of what sort of impact this property made possible for um, the vision that was in your daddy's heart? and how that impacted America and beyond. Well, he had for a long time, just in his own mind and prayer, been wanting to build a training center where people that wanted to get into the ministry could go and in a reasonably short period of time be taught that you need to know to to be a preacher, to be a missionary, how to research a sermon, how to lay out a sermon, how to uh, learn enough about business that God's business is still business. You have to pay your bills. You take an offering, you don't go buy a new car, you, you pay your electric bill and your rent, and then what's left, you use for your food and and transportation but it literally at the time this was all taking place you could probably count on one hand the number of places that a young person could go or even middle aged people could go to and learn how to do what we were teaching down there and it it totally changed the way young people looked at going into the ministry because there was something there that literally on a day-to-day basis showed them the way to to go we held uh, street services in Bisbee and across the border in Mexico and over in Douglas, Arizona, uh, and all that was the the people that were going to both the high school and Bible school. Where we went in Bisbee, uh, Bisbee's an old mining town that dates back to the same time frame of Tombstone and places like that. And there's a place there called Bury Gulch, where it's nothing but bars and taverns and uh, that type of thing. And one of the bar owners would turn off the jukebox, let us run an electric cord across the street, plug into the electricity behind the bar. So when we had street services, we had a PA system. <laughs> This can I can history. I interject there wow. and just say, uh, 
So my husband and I, we've um, hosted RevivalHistory.com for many, many years and just love Revival History. And if we take a step back from even what was going on there locally, um, in the 50s and 60s, there was a really substantial revival that swept across America and then beyond into the rest of the world that is often referred to as the healing revival or the voice of healing revival, depending on who you ask. And that revival was something that uh, my great-grandfather A.A. Allen had a really large impact on. There was a really huge need for change in America, and this was something that was bubbling up. You'd see a lot of inequality in relationship with people, and so he actually started for many years prior to the civil rights movement starting, giving the um, uh, the space to people to be celebrated regardless of their race or background or anything like that and refusing segregation in his meetings when it was illegal. He was doing all of that stuff for many years before um, you know, Martin actually came to some of his meetings and it, it uh, really, when he moved to Miracle Valley and got established there, that place became a epicenter helping start the civil rights movement across America. And this is well documented it's in scholarly places across uh, the world. And it is something that is quite an incredible achievement that this white man said, I refuse to be treated improperly. And in the process of healing the sick and seeing people set free and delivered and finding Jesus, because he was an evangelist at heart, he was actually changing the face of America by saying everybody matters, which is so incredible to me. Yes, it, it is. The, Go ahead, brother. Paul. It was the first anything like a Bible school that was integrated. All the denominations. You know, the Assembly of God had uh, Hispanic-speaking Bible schools, and uh, denominations had Bible schools for black people. But this was the first place where it was totally integrated uh, in the dormitories. We had rooms. There'd be two people to a room, and... They didn't put the the black kids down one hallway and the white kids down another one. They also who, had who, women on staff. Oh, yeah. Many, many. Which was very and, revolutionary at the time. <laughs> so this was integrated, and, and every child of God uh, had a place here, and it was given an opportunity to come out and learn, serve. Um, now, Brother Paul and Sister Rebecca, am I correct that um, prior to this, uh, your daddy and your great-granddaddy, Rebecca, uh, God had traveling around the country. He was doing tent revivals, meetings everywhere, and um, a literal pioneer in power evangelism. But uh, they, had, they had, were in Colorado and Texas, but God put it on their heart, a vision, literally to create a miracle city uh, and set up a base camp, uh, which would later... Um, be renowned around the world and was known as the camp meeting capital of the world. Am I correct in that? And uh, this hub, 
that began to be built now on the land that was given. Uh, you all had a, uh, describe some of the buildings here. I've seen pictures. There's something with a big dome. Was that the cathedral, the main church? That was that was the church building, okay. and the they built the auditorium first, and then about a year, year and a half later, they built the lobby with the prayer dome up above it that uh, kind of had some colorful paint on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love it. But there was room up there where 30, 40 people could go up there and be praying and not be in somebody else's it was a great place it's also a beautiful place that you can see seven mountains surrounding the valley from up there in and it's just a real neat place to connect with god privately what a geographical supernatural miracle that place is i mean god knew that was where he wanted to set up a hub for worldwide missions to go forth and people to come out and get trained. So if you were there, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you could go into the church here. I think it would seat over 2,000 people. Um, you'll see that as a place where many of those services that went on to the uh, Miracles Today TV program were filmed. Of course, he did them in the Big Tent Revivals too. But now, am I correct? Um, there was a Bible college there. You had like a cafeteria. And then... Um, We'll talk about this later. The ministry was not only uh, from there producing TV programs, but um, books, records, correspondence, courses. Yeah. Is that correct, Rebecca? Yes, that's right. And had the buildings there, uh, many of which are still there today, um, where I think um, literally God was building a city of faith. I mean, at one point in time, I think even Miracle Valley had its own a uh, postal code? Like you need like a post office, right? That's right. We had our own zip code, yes. Zip code. Now, um, what God did there is amazing. And, um, of course, uh, Brother Allen uh, was on the go. And so a lot of times you would have to catch him on the road in one of the many uh, tent revivals they did across the country. And then he would come back to home base and preach and camp meetings held there and uh, at one time you had people literally from coming from all over the world is that right to come out there and be a part of this yes um, our our graphic artist for instance was a black man from uh, Jamaica and a very good artist and we brought him up from Jamaica and you'd walk in and, and see him and he looked like any other black person. Then he'd start talking, and everybody would blink twice and look and, and try to figure out where that sound was coming from because he sounded like he was from London. <laughs> that, that's right. He was one of the artists on the books. Uh, I have been on the hunt for some of these books, and uh, I told you all off air, um, no wonder the enemy uh, tried to destroy that place even one time, burn it part of it down uh, because the same God that was there and responsible for supernatural uh, deliverance, healings, creative miracles is the same God operating today and uh, I don't know of any other ministry that has ever had the impact that your your daddy and your great granddaddy has ever had. 
Uh, I've been in the church all my life. I mean, I'm 53 now. I was born in the church. Literally, my first recollection, age two, my grandfather's uh, church he built in Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, my grandparents were launched in the ministry in the 50s, and they went home to be with Jesus. But uh, I had the great honor to uh, be raised in a Pentecostal environment, saw the power of God. Mm-hmm. They loved Jesus. But I didn't even see some of the things that I saw going on uh, in the Miracles Today program, like deliverance, which later in life I realized that was the missing one-fourth of Jesus' ministry I didn't see growing up. And uh, that's the full gospel, salvation, healing, and deliverance and miracles. Uh, But you all had it there. And I believe uh, God wants to bring that back. And um, we'll talk about here in just a moment this uh, exciting opportunity that's come open to rebuild this and take it to the next level. Uh, but I just wanted you all to lay a little foundation there for people that may not have been aware who the man was. Now, uh, the Lord took Brother Allen home in 1970, and I think yes. he had done the work uh, of a thousand men could do in his lifetime. And uh, he uh, heard from the Lord Jesus, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Uh, but in 1970, um, Without the leader there, things began to take another direction. And, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong on my history, but um, let's see, Brother Don Stewart took over, and then uh, he basically uh, moved the ministry back over to Arizona, and uh, it changed a number of hands over the years. Now, at one point, is it true that um, it was a uh, even a, a Spanish Latino Latino Bible college with the Assemblies of God for a number of years? What happened after your yeah. daddy went home? To be with Jesus. Don Stewart wanted to move the office up to Phoenix. And so he he basically closed down Miracle Valley, moved the office to Phoenix, um, and he made a deal with the Hispanic Assembly, let them have the property for a dollar a year for 20 years with the agreement that they would keep a active, open, operating Bible school there uh, for 20 years, and at the end of the years, they would get it clear to the property. Okay. And they 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 held up their side of the bargain, but after 20 years, they put it up for sale for other people, uh, couples that. Got possession of the property and uh, did not do as adequate a job with it as I would have preferred. I'll I'll just leave it at that. So I think the reality is this is a massive undertaking that requires a great deal of uh, support from a good solid team, and I think everybody's tried their best. Is uh, now in a point where it really does need a lot of restoration and so we're grateful that people have done their best to steward it but it really does need some extra care at this time now the uh, what what happened folks is time passes uh, a number of years and uh, of course the property uh, fell into disrepair in between um, this and um, there's been a number of great men and women of God that have tried to steward it and then tried to rebuild it. But as you're saying, it's a massive project. But uh, that being said, uh, I think Brother Allen uh, 
knew this would happen in the last days. Can you all tell me about a, a prophecy that um, he gave or someone there in the ministry did of the last days and uh, what would uh, befall the uh, operation there and then what God would do again? You know the prophecy? Oh, there about? is a- yeah, I, I think you're referring to a word that has been shared quite a, a deal of, about there being a time when the place would be become desolate with tumbleweeds and all of, that it would then um, be restored once again. Admittedly, I would say that I've done a great deal of research into that and I've not been able to verify whether that is authentic or not. But I think the reality is, is that the Bible is very clear that we are not supposed to forget the past. We are supposed to learn from it. And what we can do so easily in today's day is just forget about things, demolish stuff that's old, move on. Just spent 17-ish years over in the UK where they are still doing a great deal of work and looking after old cathedrals. And you can still walk in and see the presence of God, uh, the effort that people put in to create a space for God's presence to reside. And although he is with us, there is something special about where people congregate to see the things of God take place. And to be able to preserve those things for the next generation is a really beautiful thing, not just because it's wonderful, but, you know, America only has about four locations where a major move of God has taken place, like this property that still exists, because America is really good at tossing away the old and starting fresh. And that's not nothing, but in this case, it's not actually very biblical. We are to actually preserve and uh, redig the wells of the past and use them effectively for the future generations and not just use them as a past, but to make them useful again. You know, I really believe uh, that uh, God's purpose for that property uh, is still in play today. You know, I'm going to step out here. You know, it says the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. And uh, I believe that the supernatural uh, power of God still rests there in Miracle Valley. And uh, though it may have looked like the enemy uh, over the decades uh, would deal a death blow to the uh, the property, even I heard there was a fire there some decades ago. Uh, many of the materials uh, have become very rare and hard to find. I know Brother Paul and I were working together uh, trying to find uh, many of these uh, great uh, books and and TV programs, and thank God that many have been, been have been salvaged. There's still more to be found, but as I was uh, looking at some of this stuff, I said, "No wonder the enemy hates this." <laughs> I mean, that, it's the power of God. And um, when you see the miracles today TV program, you read the books, you hear the music, uh, you say, "I say to myself, something's missing today. Uh, we need that again." And you know what? The good news here: same God who did it then. Is the same God today. He doesn't change. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. And uh, I think that God wants to bring that back, uh, to build our faith again. Yeah. You know, the, it says in the end days, uh, my people shall do exploits. And uh, we need to see that again. Uh, many people have not seen this move of God um, that they experience here every day in their services. Miracles today. They had them every day. Um, so I'm excited 
uh, that uh, God is still on the move. And um, we're going to talk here in a minute about uh, the Allen family vision to uh, restore that property. Now, I understand that the property has uh, come up uh, for available and the uh, I guess, am I correct, the Board of Supervisors there, let's just say Cochise County, Arizona, they're going to uh, soon auction off this property. Now, is it um, is it true that um, while the original uh, property was like 2,000 acres, over the years it has diminished, but that the main hub is still in existence? We're talking, you know, some of these buildings like the, the cathedral and uh, the cafeteria and, and some of the other structures there are still there uh, in need of yeah. uh, rehabilitation and, and restoration. But the good news being that the main hub, what is it, about 37 and a half acres that is coming up for auction next week? Give me an update on that. There is 37 acres. Uh, I've heard uh, information out there, but I want to be as factual as I can here. So there's 37.68 acres of property that includes 11 of the key historic buildings. Anything of a great substantial matter to the ministry was all in this uh, sort of area, and that is the area that is uh, for sale. This parcel has uh, the tabernacle, as it was called, which is the church building with that auditorium. It seated 3,000 at the time. I think nowadays that would be around 2,500. And it's got the foyer at the front with the prayer tower above it. Um, It's got the cafeteria across from there. There's the classrooms, the study hall. There is uh, a a building that a, a great meeting hall for about 600 that is actually the the healing rooms um, meeting hall that they had at the time. And there's uh, an area for RV trailer hookups so that people can come and visit and stay in their own accommodation uh, that had a shower, bathroom area, all of that. There's also the boys and girls dorm, and there's a, what was referred to as the married couples dorm uh, or and, and that's got uh, several one-bedroom apartments in it as well. So all in, we can get a substantial amount of people on this property if it's actually it restored. And there is all of that really important uh, buildings that are historic. And, and one thing that is, uh, I don't want to jump ahead of myself or where you're going with this, but I want to make sure and share this because it is really fantastic earlier this year I heard privately that there was a potential that the the county of Cochise here in Arizona was interested in demolishing the buildings and so began conversation we reached a point where they did publicly start to take bidding for that so that they could demolish the tabernacle building that main building that's so special to everyone and then would go on to demolish 60% of the buildings and so um, we spent a great deal of time really digging into that and helping them to realize that that was actually an illegal move and in the process of that 
the Arizona State Historic Preservation Office determined that the property with all these buildings is actually eligible to be listed in the National Register and Arizona Registers of Historic Places as a historic property, not just as um, individual buildings, but as a historic district, which is they, um, in a scholarly sense, outside of the walls of Christianity, this property is considered by the state to be of significant importance to the history of America. I want to praise God for that because um, thank you, Rebecca and Paul and all those involved in this effort to save this um, because I know there's a lot of people like myself and others who love that place and uh, it so it so looked like the enemy was going to have his way and they were going to get in there and send a salvage crew and just tear that place down I said God forbid in fact uh, again reports were that uh, there were uh, some it, some groups out there that wanted to actually take and put a gel on it now I mean folks yeah, a place where Jesus Christ is setting the captives free and then you put a symbol of captivity. Uh, that just shows you the devil has been on the move. Uh, doesn't want this place ever to be rebuilt. Doesn't ever want uh, church there again, meetings, uh, schooling, you know, people fellowshipping. So there are many enemies of the cross who would like to have that property, as I'm sure there are many people uh, also that love uh, Brother Allen and would like to see it uh come back now again if you're just joining us welcome aboard i'm here with the son the youngest son of a.a allen paul asa allen and great-granddaughter rebecca allen jones Uh, they represent a group called miracle valley oasis center and um, they uh, desire to uh, purchase this property and they have a vision uh, for for the future of it. Share some of the vision you have, Rebecca, if you are able to obtain this property. What would you like to do with it? Well, we have really prayed about this, and it's not um, as though we've jumped on the opportunity for it to be thought, well, that sounds This is something that's been in the works for a number of years that uh, people have been prophesying over, that have been uh, speaking life over and praying into. And in December last year, God spoke very clearly to me when I visited Miracle Valley that it was time for us to take the land and recover all. That's what he said to me. And so as a family, we talked about it. And then did what we do best, obedience. So we started a 501c3 nonprofit and have just done everything by the book completely above board. We want to make sure that people have confidence in in partnering with us. And so what we're going to do is purchase, Lord willing, at auction here. And we do feel that God has really favored our efforts throughout this time so far and we just see his hand on this very much and we're very grateful for the support of everybody who has rallied around us to see God do this so that we can 
help steward something with an incredible team of people around us. So we'd like to really make a, a couple of things possible. We want to be a benefit to the local community, to Christian groups, even business groups and um, history enthusiasts. So there's lots of people who love uh, what God has done that want to learn about that. We can talk about that in a moment. Um, we also, and I know you know a bit about that because we talked about it off air, and it would be really great to share a little bit about that. But the the local community has uh, been through a lot, and they need to see the love of Jesus out on them without having to um, carry the weight of responsibility of this sizable property and what is needed and outside of the local community to come and just hold up the arms of those who have um, you know tried to steward this for so long be a support and so the the Christian groups we we see can be a really uh, key way because there's you know as as I said, God's business is still business. Whatever we're doing is uh, filled with the Spirit of God, and it can really impact people with the presence of God, and revival can be uh, a key part of what's happening. But we also need to make sure that the lights can stay on. Yeah, and absolutely. so we ask God, you know, what what is the best way to steward a property of this uh, size so that you know, whenever, uh, you know, we don't know when Jesus comes back, whether it's in two minutes or 2,000 years. And so we want to be stewards for the next generation in keeping in mind that um, we don't know how long we need to steward this for. So we want to steward it to be able to be passed to the next generation. And in doing so, we feel that creating a space that's a revival training center that people can come and um, book out as a retreat uh, conference, all of those sorts of things so that they can uh, use the facilities with their Christian groups or um, in the local community if they want to do that. And then we can open the doors to the local community as well and turn that cafeteria into a coffee shop that's usable for everybody and add a swimming pool because we we need people to come and rest in a, a place of God and and build relationship. We want people to connect, to grow, and to impact those around them. And matters to us is um, to give people a chance to connect with God and each other, to grow in God and to grow personally, and to then impact the world around them with uh, the things of God as a result of that. And so we will use a lot of the facilities for the same reason that they were purposely used for that auditorium and even the healing rooms area is a perfect space for people to come and meet together and uh, you know that prayer tower gets to be open and the restaurant and coffee shop and then there's an activity and meeting rooms and there's space for camping and rvs and accommodation with the dormitories and uh, apartment spaces and uh, a community garden and uh, we want to be able to use the, the the skills of the people locally to be able to um, help support local businesses with sources that are needed and to provide jobs and opportunities to people and all of that and create that place of recreation so that people can come and really enjoy their time growing together and 
Um, in the midst of that, one of the things that is also happening, uh, you know, it's great that we can have walking trails so people can just pray and spend, you know, that time individually or as a group in this place. But there's another reason why people can come to this space, which is um, a building that's not currently there that needs to be built, and that is a heritage center. And that's because we really believe that people should learn from what has happened before. It, rather than reinventing the wheel, we need to learn what has done in the past and what great men and women of God have done. And so we want to have a heritage center on the property, which is filled with a museum and library of archives and of uh, actual artifacts. It come from revival history. Talk to me a little bit about that. Uh, because the vision, as I understand it, you're going to build a, a Bible conference, a retreat center, and then this um, this heritage museum. Um, your your great-grandfather um, was a prolific evangelist. And, uh, Brother Paul, I understand um, hundreds upon hundreds of uh, TV programs and radio shows, but they also put out a number of books and the Miracle Valley Records. Um, do you have um, a plan to uh, bring, try to bring back much of that uh, and get it back into print? What are your thoughts on that as part of the Heritage Center? Would it be a, uh, a viewing museum only, or uh, will you also have in your plan maybe to bring back some of that stuff that people have never seen? Before before he um, expands on this, I, just to say, one of the things that God's been doing right alongside of helping us save these properties, uh, buildings from demolition and uh, bringing it to a point where we can purchase it, all of that's been going on. Simultaneously, we're having conversations with some of the world's largest uh, collectors, private collectors of revival history, um, documentation and artifacts and they are negotiating with us because they're excited to be able to support bringing these resources into like this and feel that our team is able to be trusted with such a resource. And that would then mean that it could transform a private collection into being a collection that is available for people. You know, imagine if you are studying, you can come and, and just be at the library and study or if you want to write a book or you just want to learn and you can come and do that as well and you can even stay on the facilities because you don't have a group setting to be able to do that okay again folks if you just joined us uh, we're with Paul Allen and, and Rebecca Allen Jones brother Paul over to you we are aggressively getting things together and a lot of things that have been missing for years and years are shall we say coming home uh, in the last week I've got one shipment of five or six big boxes big heavy boxes that have everything from um, some of the TV programs on the original 16 millimeter film Wow! that are still in the case to send them to the TV stations mm-hmm. uh, different Amazing. things like that and books uh, gotten uh, some archives of, of things from books and digital libraries, uh, all sorts of things. It, it 
all the pieces to the puzzle falling into place to do exactly what uh, has been on my heart for 25 or 30 years. Let us not forget the Miracle Magazine. Um, in addition to the books and records, uh, your daddy was um, doing a monthly magazine for what, like 15 years? That's a lot of additions. And uh, I've seen it some is. of these. Um, I think it's 15 years, actually. They're amazing. And before that, the Voice of Healing was covering what he was doing for many years before it was even started. That's exactly right. I mean, uh, I would to God that people were doing magazines like that today. I don't know. Do people still read? I do. And when I see these, they're amazing. they got great teaching in there, uh, updates on what the Lord's doing, and missions and local and uh, miracle healing testimonies. Uh, is there any possibility of bringing back any of that too? There is one of the collectors that we are discussing with who is eager to sell is actually a copyright holder very eager for us to be able to be once again um, the copyright holders of all AAL and distribution so we would be able to redistribute TV magazines, publications books, everything everything that was in the ministry would be Wow. Um, Now, also, uh, there at Miracle Valley Central, um, is it true that uh, Brother Paul, your dad and mom, also had a vision for a community uh, for people that wanted to live there locally right across the street? Uh, Tell me a little bit about the subdivision uh, known as Miracle Valley. Well, that was something that they, they bought that property the corporation did not buy that property. My mom and dad bought it, uh, had it surveyed and um, broken up into lots. That's where daddy's house was. Uh, and some of that has already been uh, purchased uh, by friendly people. And uh, it, it's all coming into focus including ourselves actually we just announced uh, recently that Miracle Valley Oasis Center has purchased a parcel with three lots just uh, on the backside of A. Allen's house that my grandfather built for him and this is across the Highway 92 just in the community because we feel strongly that we don't want to have everybody who is a part of this team just on the property and isolated from everything. We want to be a part of the community and integrally involved in um, what God has. For so we're thrilled to have that bare land to be able to build houses on. However, our main priority, we're just going to leave that bare land right now and focus you know, getting that tabernacle watertight and uh, looking after all of the restoration that's needed and and uh, tend to that in a time that makes sense. Okay, now you have a game plan for this uh, laid out. Uh, where do people go uh, to see more about the vision there for the restoration? And uh, also, how can people get involved if they'd like to support this work? Uh, it is real simple. You 
onto our website, miraclevalleyoasiscenter.org. And miraclevalleyoasiscenter.org is a great website. We've got a lot of information on there right homepage and you can go to the vision page to learn a little bit more about what we're doing you can even see some history there which is really interesting uh, you can go to who we are as a team and you can also um, contact us look at how to partner with us fundraise and give right there on the website so it's all there and if you go to Miracle Valley Oasis Center you can look at that on the um, you know YouTube the areas and Facebook any of that Miracle Valley Oasis Center is the way to find us what we need right now is uh, a substantial amount of or financially, because we're asking, um, we're, we're trying to make sure that because my family's been doing this for generations, we've been, you know, building church buildings for, for people. My dad uh, took the trade from his dad who helped uh, lead in building all of these buildings. So my grandpa actually was a key part of building these buildings. And, and we actually know what it takes to restore properties like this it's um, not just our family but our uh, team we've gathered a, a great crew of people that have a broad um, skill base and are able to help us but they're all you know spirit-filled amazing Christian people and together we have recognized that we don't need to think about you know, how do we get past the auction? We just need to purchase this. We need to be thinking a little bit further down the road because as soon as you purchase it, you need to actually start taking action. So we've asked uh, for uh, some money. We do need money now by the 14th of September. It needs to hit our bank because we are in the process of an auction starting this coming Monday on September 11th, 2023. And so therefore just a few days into the auction you can continue to give but right now if anybody feels like it's on their heart to give um, or if you feel there's anybody that you can share this with think about your network of people and who can partner with us this is not a moment where we ask for money this is a moment where we say come partner with us as a founding partner and something that God is doing is absolutely he's bringing really there's there's so many prophetic words about it breaking forth out of arizona that is a now word and we are excited to be able to partner with that and create a space where people can really uh, grow in him and also uh, you know be healed and saved and all of that but we also want to be able to sustain it for the future and help people to grow and learn from the past so yeah. all of that is possible we need action now because we need everybody to partner together we don't feel this is our family doing this this is the body of christ coming together for this moment just like in a allen's days he did not say i'm going to do this he said as a body let's do this together and asked people to join us and and we're really just uh, excited to see who would like to partner with us at this key moment now the website Brother Paul. Yes. I want to just be clear on the website. The website is miraclevalleyoasiscenter.org. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. I'm going to put in the show notes again, miraclevalleyoasiscenter.org. You know, 
just the name is so beautiful, Miracle Valley. Now, if you're just joining us, uh, we're live with Paul Ace Allen, son of the late Reverend A.A. Allen, and his great-granddaughter, Rebecca Allen Jones. And we're talking about an area uh, down near the border of Mexico. You know, uh, God put that place strategically. He wanted to get the gospel onto both sides of the border, uh, in English and Spanish. And am I correct, Brother Paul, that... um, uh, in the formation of this ministry, uh, your dad was, um, well, he was a pioneer, of course, we know, in, um, in TV evangelism, but he was also doing a radio program that uh, was even broadcast across the border into Mexico. Is that true? He did like a daily um, radio broadcast? What can you tell me about that? Well, we had radio stations in every major market in the United States. Uh, a lot of those markets were covered by radio stations that were physically located in Mexico wow. and brought up into the United States from border to border and coast to coast. Uh, but we also had radio stations in Mexico and in Cuba. I think we had nine different stations in Cuba. Amazing. Because before Castro took over Cuba... Uh, Daddy got a burden, and when it was winter and you couldn't set up a tent, he would just pack up his crew and they'd go to Cuba and hold meetings in the soccer stadiums and and places like that. And we had, uh, I think it was nine radio stations all all across Cuba we broadcast every day and the the hub for these worldwide missions is right there where you're at a place called miracle valley arizona and again known as uh, god's camp meeting capital of the world if i recall um was the actual name miracle valley did uh, did that predate your uh your your dad or uh, did y'all create that name what did it used to be before you got there name for the valley was the San Pedro River Valley. Oh. And when we got Miracle Valley, um, that was Daddy's name for where he had dreamed of being for many years. In fact, the place was uh, grew so big at one time, it covered several square miles. Am I right? It, it was 2,400 acres. Amazing. There's also... And a really interesting piece of history for you here is that A. Allen was integral in using the Christianity to some of the Native American nations that were in the area and was really bringing them in to the area as well because it's, it is a, a lot of Native American nations that are in this area able to be a ministry to them as well, which is Wonderful. That's when we had our camp meetings. There would always be one weekend during that camp meeting that was referred to as Indian Weekend, and Daddy would have all the women wear their old traditional dresses that went clear to the ground and bright colors, and uh, all the uh, kill a cow and usually a pig too, and cook them on a open. campfire type barbecue and uh, get lots of help from people that, that knew how 
outside. Well, Mega Man likes barbecue, especially if you got some baked beans and french fries to go with that and some sweet tea. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Miracle Valley. Go ahead. He loved barbecue. Oh, yes. He was a great. Uh, your daddy was a great cook, too, I heard. Oh, yeah. Miracle uh, Valley, Arizona. Unbelievably good. Uh, now, this also has an historic uh, tie in with the Native Americans. Uh, this is in, am I correct, Cochise County? Uh, is that tied yeah. in with the great Indian chief Cochise? I don't know, actually. I I wouldn't want to say one way or the other because I like to make sure I got my facts right. <laughs> Find a bit. Well, I would they, say there's some tie-in. What do you think, Brother Paul? Any tie-in with there Cochise? Was, there, was, there was very well-known Indians that uh, for a period of time, felt like they should drive all the white people out of the territory of Arizona and New Mexico. Uh, Cochise, Geronimo, uh, people like that who, if you ever watch historic-type programs on TV, they are brought up quite often. So this place is a place of um, some amazing history, and you mentioned the um, the mountains there that uh, surround the uh, the valley. And um, I saw some type of aerial footage uh, further up the mountain. Is there some type of, um, I mean, it almost looked like a little castle or something up there perched up on the hilltop. You know what I'm talking about? Um, yes, yes. There's a, an old church up there that's it. with a cross. And yes. It's... Um, there's links there to the history of the area where a, a Spanish conquester by the name of Cabeza de Vaca That's was, uh, I think, the 1500s. He was there, um, and he was known, actually, for bringing peace wherever. So there would be, you know, strife between the Native Americans and the settlers, and it, he would come to the area and... Uh, he was praying for the sick and seeing them recover in the name of Jesus and then he was also uh, bringing peace between parties before going on and he came right through the area that's now known as Miracle Valley. What a beautiful place. He followed the Pedro River up from Mexico uh, and that's two miles down the road from Miracle Valley and uh, that's where they came into what is now the United States and came up through there and the Catholic Church where every 23 miles I think it was they would build a chapel and a kind of little community because the main way of was by foot and 23 miles was what they thought uh, you could travel by foot in a day and they could spend every night in in the mission and then the next morning eat breakfast and take off for the next 23-mile leg. Wow. There's a little community just south of Tucson uh, back, and there was a group of about 275 people, including 25 or so Catholic priests left there just outside of Tucson spent the winter and then in the spring 
headed west and went and founded the city of San Francisco. Hey, that's amazing history. That is that San Francisco is literally built by people that left Arizona, just south of Tucson, and went out there and started the city in San Francisco. Folks, really. I I really haven't said something important um, when you were asking about how people can support us if they'd like to join. Yes, and that is that we, as an organization, we really take people's money seriously and your donations. Um, we don't want those to be used inappropriately. So, if anybody gives right now to helping us with this restoration should we be successful that money will be applied to purchase and whatever's left over we're going to use that uh, where's needed in the ministry to help us to start this project and if we were not successful in any way all that money is set aside and it will just be refunded less any so people can send checks no transaction fees just do it easily through the website and that it will just be returned if not we're, we're not looking to keep people's money if uh, this were not successful so it's literally risk-free to be able to um, support us at this key moment okay um, folks if you're just joining us uh, we've been honored to have today with us Paul Ace Allen and Rebecca Allen Jones they represent Miracle Valley Oasis Center, and they have an awesome plan to restore Miracle Valley. Um, you can find them again on the web at MiracleValleyOasisCenter.org. That's where people can go to um, support the purchase of this property. Is there any other way they can contact you? Are you on any social media as well if they'd like to follow you? YouTube, and Facebook, anything like that? Yes, on YouTube and Facebook, you can follow us on Miracle Valley Oasis Center. That's the name of our channels there. And also on the A.A. Allen Facebook page as well. Now, folks, if you want to support uh, this effort of the Allen family and MiracleValleyOasisCenter.org, and get over to that website if you haven't seen it. They've got a really beautiful uh, plan up there. Uh, it's laid out. You can kind of you see the concept of what it's going to look like when the restoration is done. Um, now's the time to do it because, am I correct, um, the actual auction is going to be up next week? That's when it starts? It starts on Monday, September 11th, and it runs through to the 22nd. It's an online auction, and we really don't expect this to be a, a major auction. There's not many people interested and it's you know great to have the support of those people who have decided to go ahead and and not enter the auction and support us instead and and we feel uh, that god has really spoken and we want to be obedient and we want to ask people to join us in that obedience together so that we can achieve this because this is not um a small group of people that can achieve this this is something that takes the body of christ joining together i'm so thankful for the ministry of your dad and your great granddaddy um reverend a a allen and um, yes the the heritage um that can be restored again folk is so beautiful and when you see it 
Um, when you see the Miracles Today TV program, if you can listen to some of the records, uh, see some of these books, I mean, this is a amazing blessing to the body of Christ that can, can continue to bless many today that have never encountered this ministry. Uh, when I saw the program in closing, I said, God, we need this back today. And it was like the Lord spoke to me. Same God then. He can do it again today if we have faith. And you know, some just need to see the miracles. Uh, and then they'll begin to catch the fire too and say, man, this is what we need. If ever there was a need of the move of God like they experienced uh, there at the Revival Camp Meeting, Capital of the World, Miracle Valley, it's today. And how beautiful it would be to see this place restored and uh, be available for new generations to come out there and uh, experience the power of God once again. And I, I'm thankful to all those out there that uh, are tuning in today. Love A.A. Allen, like many of us do. And uh, if you would like to be part of this, I encourage you to take some action. Go to Miracle Valley, oasiscenter.org. Don't delay because the auction's going to start, I believe, Monday. Uh, what is it going to run? About 10 yeah. days. And so the time to act is now. And um, if there's people tuning in internationally, are they able to give? Do you have anything like PayPal as well? Um, what options are available for supporting it? Yes, people can uh, give in their own currencies, and they can just give with a credit card, PayPal, all of that is on there, all those options. So if you just go to oasiscenter.org, then head to that uh, donation, and you'll be able to see all the details right there. Okay. I want to thank you both for coming on. Before we close in prayer, Brother Paul, any additional things you'd like to add? The the thing that is so urgent is that working on this for years and years and years. We've been praying about it for 25, 30 years. And it's always been way down the road, someday, you know. And that day has arrived. Yeah. It's time right now to to do it because when the auction closes, if we're the high bidder, we have to pay for it immediately. Yeah, it's it's not something that we've got six months to get money together. We have to do it now. And there are no do overs. This is the moment. <laughs> it's it's not a redo situation. It's it's due. It's either purchased now or it could be lost forever, folks. Again, the time to act is That's now. Right. If you would like to see uh, this place restored and used once again. For God, I want to thank all those who have been stewards over it over the years. I've been able to talk to many of them, uh, great people of God, loved A. A. Allen, and uh, folks. Again, we don't know how much time we get, uh, but I do know that the Lord Jesus says, "Occupy till I come," and be ready to meet God if uh, you die tonight, or if Jesus doesn't come back for a hundred years. Uh, we work and occupy till Jesus comes, and I don't believe this place yeah. uh, should be allowed to be turned into a prison by the county, as some would have had it, or uh, purchased by uh, a group out there that wants to turn it into a a go-kart center, if you will, and doesn't want to see a church uh, put up there, maybe put a Walmart up there. God forbid. Uh, Get involved and uh, be part of something great. Uh, 
And so I want to thank you both for coming on today. Again, MiracleValleyOasisCenter.org. If they want to contact you, do you have an email on that site that they can reach you to for some more information or a phone number if they want to talk to you? There is uh, all of those contact details are right in the footer of our website, and you can also click on the contact. It's all right there, but it's hello at MiracleValleyOasisCenter.org. Oh, one more bonus question I want to ask you. Um, Again, just to help us geographically, it's right there. Miracle Valley is on the about three miles from the Mexican border. What's the closest big city to Miracle Valley? Are you closer to uh, Tucson or Phoenix? Where are you at geographically? Uh, it's basically about 90 miles south of Tucson, uh, 190 miles south of Phoenix, and um, 20 miles from the metropolis of Naco. So if people down the road want to fly in there and come out to the center, uh, what airport would uh, be best to fly into? What's what's centrally located out there to Miracle Valley? Tucson. Tucson, okay. okay. And there's Miracle Valley right between Sierra Vista and Bisbee, which are the two small cities that are right there on the highway. Well... I'm looking forward to coming out to Miracle Valley one day myself. Uh, I have gotten as far as Scottsdale, and uh, I had a good time there. In fact, I drove way out of the way just to try to get me some alligator meat. Can you believe that? Isn't that a crazy story? <laughs> I heard you could get alligator meat out there. And, and uh, Scottsdale, that's crazy. Uh, and I found it yeah. at a bar and got me some good Mexican food, too. Uh, just saying. Uh, no, no fish and chips, though, but they got great Mexican food and even got a little bit of alligator out there. Uh, that's a crazy memory just came back to yeah. me. Um, praise the Lord. Uh, Brother Paul and Sister Rebecca, thank you for coming on today. I think your uh, your vision is exciting, folks. You can be a part of it. Uh, again, MiracleValleyOasisCenter.org. And um, Brother Paul, would you like to close us in prayer today? And thank you, both of you, for your time today. Thank you. Yes, I would. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share what we see as continuing your work at Miracle Valley. It cannot be done just because Dean wants to do it. It can only happen with God at the head of the team. And we need soldiers to get in there and and start doing the things that have to be done just like it happened 50 years ago in Jesus name amen. amen amen thank you Rebecca for coming on we'd love to have you back on again and um, welcome back uh, to Arizona and this is exciting what the Lord has put on your heart to do folks again miraclevalleyoasiscenter.org we'll see you all again soon God bless you both Bye-bye, and thank you so much. Thank you, Brother Paul. Thank you, Rebecca. Praise the Lord, folks. Um, I tell you, Miracle Valley is a very special place. And um, praise the Lord. I um, am thankful to have had uh, Brother Paul and Rebecca here today share their heart. I know many people have a heart for Miracle Valley and want to see it once again 
um, become a supernatural hub for uh, miracle ministry in these last days. And I believe it's going to happen that that prophecy that uh, was given to Brother A. Allen over 50 years ago, that in the last days there would be tumbleweeds falling over the property, the place would be in disrepair, but then God would bring a, a people to come in and uh, restore it. And thank God to the stewards over the years, our friends uh, Pastor and Louie and Rose Betancourt and others who love that property and uh, God had there to uh, protect the property. Uh, or it would have all been destroyed, folks. Uh, there have been many times over the years that vandals came in and just wreaked havoc there. And uh, I, I heard these reports over the years and said, God, have mercy. And I was just uh, fascinated by the dome out there in the in this valley beautiful valley and then I began to um, find some of the music and uh, do my own research and then I began to uh, um, try to find anybody who was still alive could tell me more and we found brother Paul Allen became friends got him on the show and we've had an opportunity to get brother Ross Colette on the program uh, who uh, worked with brother Allen for over 10 years and uh, brother Sam Nix and uh, others out there, we've we've contacted on Facebook. I've only had about three of the originals um, that were there and saw it and experienced it on the program. We hope to get more, like um, uh, the uh, piano player and others. I've missed opportunities, sadly, to get some others. Uh, the Lord took them home to be with Jesus before I could get programs done. But I've tried to learn what I could and. Uh, and the more I dig into it, I, it's just a it's just an amazing supernatural place. And um, praise God for all who uh, share a love for Miracle Valley and uh, the work of Brother A. A. Allen. Uh, he was truly man's God of faith and power, and uh, is an example, shining example of what God wants to do today even through you and I and other believers out there who will have faith and um, step out have Mark 16 signs that follow those that believe, amen okay praise the Lord, thank you folks everybody for uh, tuning in, I hope you enjoyed today's programs, we had um, four shows uh, we did, we had Robert Avila we had Gary Stafford and Tiffany Adami, John Terrell, and that was Paul Ace Allen, Rebecca Allen Jones. Uh, I'm going to close out with a little bit of uh, the Miracle Valley music. Uh, one of the LP records I did was with Dave Davis. And I hope you enjoy this uh, little audio we'll play, an excerpt from the uh, Gospel Organ album. Thank you. 